Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Chance Brown, what's up, man? And we're back and better than ever. What's up, Corbin? Back and better than ever. That's what I like to hear, What's up, listeners? What's up? Another week? Yeah, man. Another day. Another day. Another hour. Another Another hour. Another millisecond. Another nanosecond. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Corbin. Yeah. Tell us about your uh, your experience with uh, a lot of the things we talked about the podcast. I know we've talked about a lot, so if you give us a brief recap of your experiences. Yeah. So, I think last week I updated you guys about the values, and I'm still right on that. And I am continuing to live out my values more and more, and I'm really proud of that. Like, my my day-to-day now is reflecting my values more, since I'm more clear on them. That's awesome. How how does it make you feel when you are able to align with your values? Free and light. Those would be two adjectives I'd use. Nice. Free and light. Yeah. I, I think I'm aligning with what I need to be joyful. So, and that gives me that... I feel more alive, and that's the best way I can say that, but it's more of something I I feel than can necessarily describe in words, at the moment at least. But I just I feel more aligned with things, everything. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So th- that's, my, that's my value update. And everything else is just going well. I've been doing my yoga as far as the our episode last week. And just really loving that. I'm honestly completely backed out of the resistance training stuff as of right now. I'm just loving the yoga so much. I might have to check out yoga. And I left it out. I was, uh, Last episode, I was listening to uh, editing with my mom. My mom does yoga like every day, including in, and my aunt. So shout really? out to Really? I didn't know that. Yep. 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 We need to get to get, all of us need to get together and do some do some yoga poses. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Chance can have um, his first session doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be be really healthy for me. I know I know it's a really healthy um I know there's a lot of benefits to it, so. But hey man, if you don't mind, I'll I'll do a quick recap as well. Go for it. Yeah, so uh a lot of things we've talked about. Meditation's going well. Still meditating at lunch. I fell asleep again today. But uh <laughs> I'm, I'm I hung in longer than last time, so um, you know, it's funny, we talked about the sleep episode, and my sleep's been dwindling some. We got eight hours last night, though, so we're back on track. Um, running, running's on and off. I'm still having a little tweaks, but I've decided to, you know, go out and lower my mileage compared to what I used to do, so the running's going well. Uh, the nail-biting stuff, it's it's going well. I'm, st- I'm still picking at some nails, and I'm clipping them to keep them really short, so I try not to pick at them. But it's going well overall. It's it's a it's a process, but I have not. I don't bite my nails anymore because I normally just don't put my hands anywhere near my mouth because that stuff is very bitter. So it works, which is great. That's great. I think that's really so. cool, and that's one thing I think the podcast has really done out of many things that the podcast has done for you on a personal level. Yeah. So if y'all have stress and you bite your nails, it's the no bite. It's it's in the it's in the thing. It's like pro nail no bite growth but yeah um and the other thing was the values yes so i know i talked about the values last time 
This time, I've reevaluated. I've taken a lot of time. I wouldn't say a lot, but a lot more time. And I think I've gotten my top like eight or nine. I'm still working on a few more. I might be like a Corbin and have like 12 or so, but I'm trying to take the time to evaluate each word, each value, look up the definition if I'm not 100% sure so I can grasp what it truly means and then go from there so that I'm hoping to put those on like a whiteboard um, and see if I am aligning with my values because uh, I would love to feel light and happy as well. I think you use light and you use another word, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. And I think this weekend, so Chance on Mother's Day, him and his mom brought us some pimento cheese. Uh, so nice. Uh but while we were there, I was telling him that I sort Props of... Props to Gmall. Yes. Woohoo! Um, but uh, anyway, I was telling Chance that I'm sort of going back over those values and, and, and doing the process again and again to get more familiar. It's not like a one-time done. I feel as you do it more, you get to know yourself more and more as you go along. So I, that's one note I had on that. So, Chance, uh, are you good with the updates? Without further ado, I'm ready to, to jump right in, if you are. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I am too. Uh, do you want me to tell you about the no phone park? Yes, that's. this is going to be our lead-in story. So, Chance, take it away, sir. Okay, so before I get into this, we're going to be talking about technology, probably sp- specifically phones and how that impacts anxiety and stress and our experiences with it and we'll get into the specifics in a little bit but i had this epiphany today really cool idea i should put a patent on it maybe i don't know it would take a lot to upstart but it was i went to the park to run not too long ago and i said what if and what if we could have a park where you couldn't have your phones you know you might drive in you know you obviously got a bunch of technology probably in your car um or could you know you park and at that point there's you know if it's someone standing there that says you know you can't have any technology you can't have phones can't have ipads you can't have any any type of technology and the point of the park is to engage with others hang out enjoy nature i don't i haven't thought of everything and then i thought of this really cool idea too because i don't know why i have this love for this but i've always wanted to have trails that, you know, normally trails are gravel or dirt or something like that, but they're grass trails. Like imagine almost a golf course type style grass, but with throughout the woods. And I don't know if it would work because like trying to plant seed under trees and it would grow really well. And then you, you know, the park people, like the park ranger or whatever, instead of, you know, driving their golf cart through the trails, they could drive a lawnmower through the trails and just cut the grass. And it would be like this really cool little path that you could run on as a runner. But anyways, no phone park. Uh, I think it would be really neat. I think it would be a change of perspective um, for, I would say, well, I say the younger generation because I feel like as generations are coming up, it's the technology age. So you're witnessing more and more of technology. The, probably the younger you are, there's probably a correlation there. But yeah, uh, no phone park. I would love to look into it and make it uh, a reality here one of these days. That's cool. And Chance, don't fear raising capital, bro. Don't fear raising capital for that stuff. I know you say it's a big project, but it sounds cool. You should at least yeah. check it out. You know what I mean? It, yeah. I don't no, I don't think I, there's anything wrong with, with taking the leap. And say, I don't know it would take a lot. I mean, anything good is going to take a lot. That's true. It's true. Not necessarily, but a lot of things that are good and are fulfilling take yeah you got to take a leap of faith there you know you do 
You do. I agree. So, anyway, so Chance, that's a great idea, though, man. I think that's cool. And if you want, you could set that up as a nonprofit structure as well. I'm sure a lot of parks and recreation establishments would want to pick that up. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I mean, hey, you know, if y'all want to donate to the No Fun Park, you know, let me know. Let me let me talk to some people. Yeah, man, we get, we get to go talk up to the county office. Any yeah. anyway, um, so phones. That's our that's our nice little intro with Chance's entrepreneurial idea. This this man is an idea machine, and I freaking love it. No, that's that's you, man. No, oh, I'm flattered. <laughs> We could go back and forth on this. I'm I feel blushing. like we bond over the, yeah, I know. the entrepreneur ideas. Yeah, yeah. We got to stop flirting. Right. Anyway, so just some other ideas about it. I think an important idea to outline is the idea of information overload and task overload. So in a context that isn't necessarily even social in the technology, but with the instantaneous expectations of the world and the marketplace and the job market, it's like, we send you an email, you got to get back with us, sir. You you don't actually make the calls. You, you're going to get... We email you, we're expecting it back, or we're going to be upset. That's, that's the expectation these days. And I feel that that has a bad effect on our personal freedom because there is a societal expectation that when I message you or whenever I email you, you got to respond. I don't know what you're doing in those 24 hours, but you got to make this happen. And that's a little, it's a little encroaching and that's a big part of the, the whole disconnect movement. I think, especially within a, within the marketplace and within your work and your contribution and your career, I think that expectation has a bad impact. Chance, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, of course. I I love this topic, by the way. Not to say that I do great at getting off my phone, but I love this topic. Um, So I have a few notes with this. I feel like, I mean, Corbin hit the nail on the head as far as like my experiences with it, but it's a matter of it feels like you always have a responsibility and it's almost um well it's not uncognitive it's you're unaware of it you know you have your, I have my phone in my pocket and I'm like I have something to do I have something to do and I'm looking around and I'm like I got something to do but the reality of sometimes I don't have anything to do sometimes at that moment in life there's not necessarily a pressing responsibility on me but because I have my phone on me it feels like there's responsibility why because Maybe there's a group message that's texted that I could look at, or maybe there's a, it's that little number that shows up on the app that I'm like, well, there's a number on an app and it's like, well, I just turn the notification off. But I'm like, well, some of them I need to get back around to eventually, but it's just a matter of responsibility sometimes can bog you down. I think responsibilities push you, but at the same time with your phone, it feels like you, it sometimes can feel like you have this constant responsibility and you can see the difference on the flip side of taking your phone, putting it in another room, leaving it completely in you know your house, your apartment, wherever you live, and just walking away, going completely somewhere else if it's a drive or whatever without your phone and feeling that you don't have that responsibility and seeing the difference. Yep. Uh, I mean, you like I said, that it was I was adding on because you, you hit the nail on the head with that. And I've been contemplating. So one thing I've done recently within the last probably two weeks. 
I've taken my message app, I've taken my phone app, I've taken all that stuff, and I've put it in a folder. And the next thing I'm considering doing is there is, believe it or not, there's an option in the settings category to remove the notifications. So I have the ability, if I want to, and I'm thinking about doing it, I'm going to remove the numbers associated with my texts. This is my texts. And if anybody really needs to get in contact with me, I'm going to ask them to call me. And otherwise, I'll check my texts at an at a time that I decide to tech, check my texts. But it's not going to be spur of the moment, oh, maybe I should text my check my texts. Because I noticed that that sort of stimulates the whole, okay, i got to get back in there and tech, check my texts whenever I've got a... I've got a friend sitting right across from me. It's not time to check your texts. And if there's something dire going on, give me a call. That's that's one move I'm considering making. I like that. I think it would be. I think it would be more difficult in today's age. But oh well, di- hey, well, I'll, I'll difficult. Give, I'll give you a call. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll run. We'll just run with the fish, chance. We'll run with the fish driving off. But the but the fish are swimming off the edge of the earth. Okay, yeah. it's going to be hard, right? That's fine, but it's also going to be 100 times better. That's my thought yeah. on it. No, you're right. Because you're right. I'll use technology, but I'm going to use it in a way that creates good things in my life, not bad things. Not somebody sitting across from me, I should be talking to them, and I'm sitting here on my freaking phone. Like, the, that's, not, that's not what the phone's meant. The phone is designed to feel good in your hand. That is literally the design. The width of these things and the, and the textures. That's, that is the design, and it's designed to make you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And secure. I never thought. I never thought about that concept. Oh yeah, there's big behavioral science and psychological things. And before we get too far down this road, I want to establish that I'm not saying, because we have the tendency to map things black and white. And if you guys remember from the cognitive distortion episode, this is a good example. Saying, we say, okay, technology as a topic, all bad. Something else. Pizza, all good. You, It's a bad... I don't think it's a good practice to just throw something to one edge of the circle and throw something to another edge of the circle. Like this person, they're all bad, and this other person who's my friend, they're all good. Same thing. So I don't want to map you... I don't, want, I don't want to establish the idea that we think, or that I think, I cannot speak for chance, that technology is all bad or all good. Because I think that the impression that could come out of this episode is that technology is all bad, which I disagree with. I, I want to I make sure that that's there. I think it does a lot of good things. What'd you get, Chance? I'll, uh, no, I'll jump in. I completely agree. And I was going to say that at some point, and I, I can go on and jump in and, I guess, add my two cents. Technology is amazing in the capabilities that it has, we're primarily discussing the utilization, specifically the over-utilization of it and how it's impacting people, especially probably those of the younger generation. I mean, as far as my family goes, like I have family out in California and like maybe many, most, most of you or maybe some of you have family in other states and in other countries. Like the capabilities that FaceTime, call, I mean, you can... You can call from halfway around the world and speak to those that you are close to to maintain a relationship. You can share pictures. You can share so many. So there's so many great benefits, and I know that's just one specific instance. So we're not – I'm not going to say we're bagging technology because the 
the abilities that technology has, yes, there's a flip side. There's the pros to this. We're just primarily speaking about going back to the balance of technology and not over-utilizing it and being very cognitive of how much time you're spending on it as well as what you're doing on it and how that's impacting your mental health. Here, Chance, so, I, I want to reflect this back to the values episode a couple episodes ago. Yeah. If you can use and harness technology to align with your values, or you can't. You know, you, you can, depending on the decisions you make with the tool you've been given, you can either use a hammer to hit a, to hit a nail or to hit, your sev- to hit yourself on the side of the head. So, you can either use a phone. For me, my values, I value freedom. And now I'm getting into this entrepreneurial area where I'm, gonna, I'm planning on leveraging these digital products that help people but will provide me freedom on the back end because I can make my own schedule and gain cash flow from these products. And I can, I can instill my freedom value that I have and I can map that using technology. Same thing with chance with your family. You have isn't one of your values relationships or family or wasn't that one of the wasn't that number three? I know family's in there now. Family. The fact that you did that that can map right onto your family value. Technology. If you didn't have that, you couldn't do that. So in this in a similar way to me with my freedom, or me with my self expression, being able to express myself to his, to a wide audience of people through technology, it can do good things and help us to live in the way we want to but it is a spectrum as we've said so i think that's a good good talk about that point just to clarify if you guys thought this was going to be a boohoo technology episode i mean it will be but yeah that we're today we're outlining specifically because we're talking about stress and anxiety and how technology influences that how it can be you know bad <laughs> essentially for lack of a better term about your mental health and your your anxiety. Yeah. So, yeah. Chance, is there another point you wanted to talk about or another story you wanted to tell? Yeah, for sure. I the, Like I said, I love this topic. Uh, I like using examples in my life, too, to relate back so I can actually share my experience. One is Mars Hill. So it's, a, it's like a leadership conference for student council when I was in middle school and high school. I got blessed with the opportunity to go a multitude of times. So if you ever, if that's still a thing, I know COVID, you know, had, had minimized that. I don't know. I think it was online. But if you ever have the opportunity to go to Mars Hill, it's a North Carolina thing, uh, definitely take that opportunity as it's a wonderful camp. But anyways, with Mars Hill, they were very strict with phones as far as I think you could take a phone, but it was a matter of like you did not see phones out. You did, but depending upon the person, they were very strict with phones. They would tell you normally to leave it back in your room. You you wouldn't be on your phone a lot. And that opened up the ability to talk to others. And long story short, could I because I could talk about this a long time, Corbin used some terms, and I think it would be relative to this. It's it's lightning. It's It's freeing. It's it's just amazing the connections that you have with those people. And a lot of student council people are outgoing and want to build relationships and talk to you and learn more about you. Um, so I think that is a contributing factor. But everyone just, the community, the 
social aspect of Mars Hill was just a beautiful sight to see kids engaging in each other. There wasn't that awkward moment where you felt left out, so you looked on your phone. It was more, well, you know, let me get in there, talk to people. It was, and everybody was included too. You know, if there was that one person that might be sitting on their own, you know, everybody was looking up because they weren't on their phone and they would go sit with that person. It was just, it was a different atmosphere. Witnessing it is hard to describe of the, I guess the peace, the peace that you have, the, you live in the moment. You're not, oh, you know, let me pull out my phone. Let me, let me look for my phone. Let me just pull it out and sit on it so I can kind of avoid what's going on around me. And I know that's a tendency of today, but just before I get way too far into that, uh, Corbin, I don't know if you had any similar experiences because I'll try to, I'll try to keep my points brief since I have a, a few. I think that's cool, and I think that's a marked thing that we should think about, about how the phone can negatively affect relationships with those that are around us, while the point about the family is good that we that you could connect with them. You have to know the situations in which it's appropriate and be decisive about that. Like at Mars Hill, when you're around those people and you're getting to build those relationships, knowing when it's time to do that and drawing the line. I, as far as the experience with me, I have. So my family and I and my girlfriend, so my mom, dad, girlfriend, and one year my grandpa, little fun fact, we've gone on vacation to a beach in South Carolina called Hilton Head Island. And this past year when we went, I remember I went there and I decidedly did not get on my phone and it was about it was a week and I just remember the pure detachment from all of those things that bog us down about technology all the little notifications and the limitless things that we could be doing on technology that's that's the thing for me. It relieved, It relieves the when you decidedly put the stuff and you say that it's not time for that, it relieves, and once you get good at it, it relieves the pressure to feel like you should be doing all of these things. Because the fact of the matter is, you could do all these things so easily with this technology. There are infinite possibilities, infinite things you could be learning, infinite things... It, infinite tasks that you could just little tasks you could be doing but when you decidedly say it's not time for that you free yourself from that even though those things can be productive in their time and in the appropriate setting having that time to like I said be intentional about leaving that behind is extremely freeing and I had that experience at Hilton Head and I was there with my family I was there relaxing I was there getting my fun and adventure time in and that was really cool. And I am happy that I am getting to a point now to where I am decidedly drawing those lines for myself. And that's really helpful. So that's my experience with it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think I think you made a lot of great points there. Uh, one being, one made me think of when iPod, I think it was iPods were introduced, the capabilities and the creativity that I feel like, not that it's not utilized now by by no means. I think it's utilized a lot, especially with the capabilities they have. But it was 
when a Snapchat came out, everyone was drawing over everything and using all the filters and everything, not to say they don't now, but it was so exciting at the moment because everything was new and I think you took time off the phone to think about what you wanted to do on the phone. Um, I don't know if that necessarily relates. I might be going off on a tangent, but uh, I'm trying to think of the other point I connected to. I don't know. Um, Oh, that's okay. That's okay. And I think that's just another reflection on the infinite possibility, the things that you can do, the, the expression that you can make, and the fun you can have on technology, using technology. But at the same time, you got to have that space. I think it just reiterates that point. And I want to talk more about the idea of the knowledge that's at our fingertips. As a guy who is very... I am a very curious person in the way that I'm interested in a lot of just things. Information, concepts, people, money, all of that stuff. I'm, I'm a very curious person. And for those of you who may relate to this and liking learning, I think that there are diminishing returns that you get on that if you're not careful as well. Because then if you pressure yourself to always be learning then you feel like anytime you've got a phone in your hand, you could be learning. We never don't have access to it. There's all, And the, the same thing can be superimposed on people who feel like they always have to be doing things. Get on there. There's a task. Any task you could possibly think of. Oh, well maybe I should get on here. And I know Chance, not that I'm saying this is a target, but like when you're on your budget, not that you do it too much either, but I'm saying this is an example that could happen. So you get on there and you're like, oh, okay, I need to look at my finances and and try to budget out right now. Even though if you didn't have your phone there, we wouldn't even have the option to do that. So if we didn't have the phone, we couldn't overdo it. But now we have the ability to overdo it. So it requires behavioral and self-knowledge to realize what your happy is there with the amount. Because oftentimes I feel like we can have diminishing returns and not realize that we're having them. And not realize that we've gone over the line into not beneficial anymore. And it's hard to know that because we're sort of like a like a frog in, you know, we start in lukewarm water. And you heat it up and you heat it up, but you don't really recognize that you're getting cooked. And there's a, there's a nice, it, the metaphor falls apart when you talk about having a nice degree of, cook for the frog that doesn't make sense but let's say you're the cook and you accidentally overheat it or overcook it that's the idea you don't want to serve raw food and you don't want to serve charred food completely charred food you want to have that same relationship with technology you want to learn and do tasks because that's good it's good for people around you and it's probably good for you and your brain but you don't want to overcook the food and go into technological burnout That's a I like that analogy. I like analogies in general, but that's a good one. Yeah, the the cook thing beats the frog, I think. <laughs> I don't I don't think if yeah, I was a frog, I wouldn't be interested in getting a nice glazed look. Uh, I, I'd want to just not be cooked at all, probably. That'd be yeah, my balance there. Uh, I try not to think about a, a frog's life. Not that they're not great and all. I'm, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that made me think of two things and I, i've got a little list in front of me this 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 topic makes me really excited like i said i told corbin to interrupt if i go way too off on a tangent that's why i try to be somewhat brief so 
I have experiences with all of these and I see people experience these. That's why I try to bring them to surface level. But one thing is getting on your phone and not even knowing what you're doing. Well, first, let's start off with getting lost on your phone while you're doing something. So like Corbin was saying with the whole budget ordeal, sometimes you get on your I would get on my phone for a valid task that I would consider valuable that I would you know need to get done. We won't say need to get done, but want to get done. I'd consider valuable. We'll say, for example, I use Duolingo. I'm trying to learn Spanish and we'll say I try to do one quick lesson on there. Do it for five minutes. I get off. But when I get off, I don't completely shut my phone off. I might just go out of the app and then be like, oh, well, I got a message. Let's check it. Oh, Corbin texted me. Oh, da, 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 da. And not to say Corbin's text isn't really, really important, but maybe I should have shut my phone off because there was something else I needed to do. Um, and there was other valuable things before I checked back to get on my phone. But a lot of the times we get this tendency to get lost on our phone. And I think on social media, this is the case too. You get lost on social media where it's like, you look at the time and it's like two hours have passed. And it's like, did you value those two hours? And maybe you did. Maybe that was a time that you needed to just relax and you wanted to take that amount of time. But I feel like a lot of the times you get off of the screen, you look up and you realize where did all that time go? Um, and I think... Another portion of that, so this is kind of leading into a few things. One is getting on your phone and not even know what you're doing. Sometimes I find myself, I'll come inside from a run, and what I need to do is grab a water or take a shower. But I'll grab my phone like I'm going to do something. Like, oh, let me check my messages or check this or check that. I'm like, what's the need in it? You need to take a shower and get a water. Or that's that's you know that's the next steps. That's what I'd probably prioritize, say the phone wasn't there. But instead, I'm jumping on my phone, and what I find to realize is, you know, I, I don't know if y'all get the screen report times. Uh, that's definitely something if you're not using to check out just to see how much on a, on a daily basis you're spending on a phone, um, and then especially the breakdown of where you're spending it. But it's a matter of how many times do you just glance at your phone for maybe just even a few seconds to say, oh, no, I don't have any notifications, or think of all of those glances and you go oh it's just a glance like it doesn't take that long but I'm like maybe it took you out of the way of doing something maybe I'm trying to think of an example okay let's say I was going to cook dinner I was going to the kitchen and I was like oh well, let me check my phone and I walked into my bedroom and checked my phone and put it down and then I'm cooking da, 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 and then I go check it it's just a matter of you almost lose sight of the moment as well because it's this like I mean like I said it's, it's this responsibility of Oh, there might be something there. And it, it just amazes me how much time can be spent on the phone without, a, well, I don't know what the word would be, without cognitive recognition that you're even on it. And I think that's the scary part that you sometimes don't even want to make those decisions. And you just do it out of just, it's natural now because that's what we're used to or accustomed to in this world today. Yeah. And with this and everything else, I think it's important to run it run it through the filter of does this support my values? If you're getting caught up, caught up in something mindless that does not support your values, then you should try to move away from that. Or does not support who you think you are, then you should move away from that. And I think this example with the phone, when it's a compulsion to do something like that, Oftentimes, we may not be moving towards a value because it's a compulsion. It's a, it's a, it's a habit, and it's built in a way to where 
customers and consumers are going to want to have it right next to them, regardless of whether that fits their individual values or not. And I think it's important to note that. Okay, I thought of something relative to what you just said, based off your values. So we're going to say you're shopping on Amazon. So right now, your phone's not near you. You're sitting there and you're like, oh, I need to get this thing. You know, it's so-and-so's, well, it's my mom's birthday coming up. But anyways, it's it's my mom's birthday. I need to get her this. Okay, I've got that in my head. That's the goal. I know, and then maybe, maybe I take a second to go, okay, do I need anything else? No. I only want this. This is the only thing I want. Do I need anything else? Think just, you know, take some time. No, that's all I need. I get on, we're going to, whatever website it is, and you, probably Amazon, and you're going to go, you're going to research, you're going to find what you need. And then maybe you go, oh, well, I could get this and this, and maybe I need this, and it's like, Maybe you do. I'm not saying you don't. But it's crazy to think that in that clear moment where you had time to think, you didn't necessarily need anything. And I mean, this could be the same correlation of just going to the store and finding that you need all these things. But it's a matter of it almost takes over some of your thought process of do you really need it or not. Not to say that you don't and not to say that you didn't forget something because sometimes that is the case. But imagine the fact of I don't know if this is ladies more than gentlemen. I don't really shop a lot online, nor do I like shopping in general. It's just not my thing. But those who shop online might get caught up, and maybe it's an enjoyment thing. Maybe you do value your time shopping, and that's something that you truly enjoy. You know, that's, and that's amazing. But think of the time that you get lost sometimes, and then you're, you know, you're checking out, and you're like, wow, I, I wasn't expecting to do this, and then half the things that you got you might not even need. It's just... I feel like technology in itself, to say it in simplistic terms, is or can be a slippery slope in so many ways. Yeah. And and on a personal, on a case-by-case basis, you've got to decide whether that is something you intrinsically enjoy doing or whether it's an impulse that is draining your presence and your time that you could be focusing on things that you actually do move the needle towards reflecting who you are in the world as opposed to, you know, breaking down. Because for me, if I was in that situation with my freedom, if I want financial freedom, I don't want to be binge buying things. So I'm talking about freedom a lot today because this is just the one that's sticking out for for my values list. But in that case for me, I don't get a lot of... One thing I've noticed about myself... I don't get a lot out of physical objects at all. And some people do. Some people really appreciate that and they feel love through those things, but that's not me at all. So for me, that doesn't reflect who I am, buying things online or buying physical objects in general. I don't like clothes shopping. I don't like doing any of those things, really. I mean, if, if it were me, I would just be hanging out in a box with a bunch of friends. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be... I don't need the the nice TV. I don't need the, the new phone. I don't need anything like that. Because, and that's not to say, oh, look at me. It's to say I've noticed that, that at the end of the process, I don't get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And at the same time, it takes my time looking and shopping for things and the the financial freedom aspect 
if it is a big expense especially or if it's a habitual expense like that that I could be allocating elsewhere to you know invest and create more more uh, capital in my life and abundance in that way so that I can be free to do the things and allocate my time with things that I do value as opposed to feeling restrained to doing something so that I can have enough enough money to to live and to to live the life that I want to so just reallocating things and realizing what does get me in the places mentally and the feelings that I want gets me there and the things that don't serve that mission for me on a personal level. So that's that's my that's my reflection on that. Chance, I saw you were were typing some stuff. Is there is there something you want to talk about? Oh, of course. Like I said, I love this topic. Um so in a lot of this, I try to connect everything back to what Corbin's saying. A lot of, I don't know if it's my ADHD, he'll say one thing and that will kick in something that I think about. So hopefully it's it's kind of weaning off of the topic that Corbin discusses previously. Um, I asked the question and just think about it for yourself. Think about something that you would say you truly value as far as fun time. If that's playing a sport, if that's dancing, if that's cooking, if that's you know, just sitting outside enjoying nature, something, we'll say non-technology, maybe non-technological, um, you know, maybe that's part of it, but we'll just take it out of the picture for now. Say it's a hike, say it's a trip to a different state, a different country, something like that, you know, that you would consider very, very high value. Now take that versus the option to sit on your phone and just scroll through social media. And we'll say you could go on a trip for two days or you could sit on your phone for two days and you go well I'm some of you might say sit on your phone with two days by all means but I have a feeling that the majority of you would say oh well, I'd, I'd take the trip it's you know I don't want to sit on my phone for two days straight understandable but I think about it like this so why do we take so much time glancing on our phone that eventually adds up when we could be, per se, we'll we'll use Corbin's example, there's plenty of things that could contribute to this, but maybe studying, instead of getting on your phone, that we'll say it adds up to three hours, three hours a day. Say in a week's time, that's 21 hours. What could you do in 21 hours to study finances Okay, say you learn a lot in those 21 hours. Okay, well, let's take the next week. You study another 21 hours instead of being on your phone. And I know I'm going to tie this back to the story I just talked about. And instead of using this phone time, you're using time and investment. And eventually you figure out that there's great ways to invest or great ways to make more money. Or say that you instead of those 21 hours, you worked those 21 hours. You worked five of those hours. And five of those hours, you studied something valuable. And you know what I'm saying? The opportunity cost here. All I'm saying is you could take the additional hours and instead of glancing at your phone, which could add up, we'll say glancing on your phone, just sitting on your phone for a little bit, we'll say that time that you would say is probably not valuable on your phone when you look up and you realize you didn't know what you were doing. You take all that time, invest it, and see, oh, well, hey, I could have saved up, I could have you know, generated or learned how to make this X amount of money, which therefore I could put toward a trip and then... In that 21 hours that would come on my phone the next week, I could have gone on that trip. 
All I'm saying is the opportunity cost sometimes is hard to see because the phone might come in smaller amounts. I'm not, you know, a lot of the times I say, you know, what if you're on your phone 21 hours straight and be like, well, I'd probably get kind of kind of bored. Maybe I mean, I mean, maybe not. But then when you look at it broken down to see how much it adds up to to see what you could have done instead with the other time, it's just it blows my mind because a lot of the times it's not viewed like that. And understandably, because you're not probably going to sit on your phone for hour, that many hours at a time. But try to think about it in that way to view your opportunity cost and what you're giving up. Because a lot of the times in short terms, you're on your phone in spurts. But those spurts, say you were doing something else valuable at the time, not to say it's not valuable, but say you were doing something instead of, we'll say, piddling on your phone, you were doing something of more value at that time, it can benefit you in the long run to contribute to the combination of time that you would have. Hopefully you understand kind of what I'm getting at there, but I think that was that was something that I always, I always, oh, and on a side note before I hand it back over I put down mindlessly relaxing so I know that one thing with the phones is maybe you get information overload or you're stressed or a lot's going on and you almost just sit on your phone for 30 seconds a minute just to swipe through things just so you can relax your brain and I've realized we do that as almost a stress reliever sometime when the reality of it is it might just be better to not get on your phone because we might get lost in that and take too much time doing that it just simply Take a, you know, take a brief walk to, you know, if you're in an office, just stand up, stretch, or hey, maybe, maybe kind of stare off into space, just take a minute to breathe. There's just so many alternatives. They're probably more re-engaging to get you back on track with what you're doing or for that's in school as well. Um, yeah, it would, it would be interesting to look at and even to do a study, like a psychological survey to figure out whether that is actually an effective way to soothe ourselves to do like a self-soothing mechanism of looking at a phone to see yeah. whether that actually is working because sometimes we think that that's or we have this idea that that's going to help us to to feel better or to feel less stress but in actuality it even isn't it isn't even fulfilling that role i'm not saying that the phone is one of those things but it would be interesting to to look and see that and I had another point on your last little bit that you were talking there. I want to emphasize the fact that we aren't trying to segregate things that we perceive as productive, I guess. Because I think sometimes we think that time well used, especially in America, is time where you're completing things that are serious or for work or for these things that people tell us are good ways to spend our time. But I think that we don't, I don't want you guys to think that we're outlining that blueprint as the effective way to use your time, like studying something or doing anything like that, as opposed to something that better aligns with you. I don't want that to be the message either as saying this is effective use of time because like we were saying earlier, we could call answering emails 24-7 an effective use of time, but really it's tearing you apart, or you're super anxious, you're burnt out, and you don't, you no longer like what you're doing because you're a slave to that. So that wouldn't be an effective use of time, in my opinion, even though that may be the prevailing sensation, whether explicitly or implicitly, messaged to people that that is effective. 
No, I think that's a really good point to make. And I know that I'm running through it to an extent where it might not seem like that's the case. I guess with all these conversations, my primary target is the mindlessly on the phone with no reference point or no cognitive decision to be where you're at. So that, that I think that's a really good point. And hopefully what I just followed up with was kind of consistent with exactly what you were saying. Yeah, and I'd like us to, actually this would be an interesting idea for down the road, to actually come back to one of these technological conversations, tech, technology utilization conversations, and actually bring back some data about things. And, and, and a little bit more stories, but stories with some, some, some data behind them. I guess this would be an interesting topic to come back and actually, because if you are interested in behavior change, actually doing some work with that part of it. Because I know it's easy. A lot of people have this idea about technology not being great for them and, you know, things like, you know, eating well and exercising. How, For example, how many people know that? Take that ratio from people that live that. It's and but but for whatever reason, we think that driving the point home more and more is somehow going to make people help people to live better lives, and whatever adjustment they need to make personally, whether you know in in either direction, we sort of just try to nail that in your brain and expect a change to happen. And if you want to make a change, maybe we could come back with some action with some with some psychological nuance to where we can't elicit behavior changes in that way. So that'd be an interesting thing to walk back through once we have more information on that. That That is really valuable. Um, because as we spend our time here speaking with you, the impact of our words might, regardless of that they are impactful or not, we'll say in the case that they really were, Corbin's right. There might not be any type of behavior change behind it. And our goal is not to get you off your phones, is to hopefully provide these resources that we speak about in different podcasts so that if they're if you think they're applicable, or even maybe not, if you try them and you find them applicable, that you can keep them up if you find them valuable as well. And a lot of the times that staying consistent or staying with it or even maybe the initials of giving it a try so the behavior change I, I that's i'm glad you mentioned that corbin i would like to uh to make possibly a qualtrics survey and study some behavior change to see if there's any insight that we could provide on little tips to even benefit behavior change within all of the offerings and different suggestions that we make to you and to one another yeah, cool. I want to come on one more topic before we, we wrap or do ever, whatever we want to do with this. And this is the broader concept of getting away from the noise. I find that a lot of times there's a lot of busyness. And I think that technology contributes to this. And I want to reflect on the power of silence in well-being. The power of not overstimulating yourself all the time. And I think technology plays into that. It's not just technology at all. This is a much bigger thing. But 
the do-nothing concept, I think, is very important in its application to technology. So, meditation, sitting there, just being out in nature, doing things that help to connect you in a weird, like, spiritual, like, way with things and sitting there and not feeling like you have to go and do the next thing. And we, we've talked about this several times. Well, to interject, feel, to, to disconnect you. Yes. And connect you, and connect you. Sorry. D- yeah, it disconnects you and connects you at the same time. And you can you can listen more as opposed to doing. And when I say listen, I mean listen to yourself, listen to, you know, whatever God or whatever universal thing that you want to tune into in the natural world and relationships and all these things, but not being so task-oriented all the time. Not being not being so to-do-list-oriented all the time. Even though that can be a, ni- a nice tool in the right context, realizing the, the balance there and how technology can pressure us to put more things on that to-do list if we're not careful. And you can just pull out your note sections and make it to-do list, you know? No, yes, I'm just which, that was, that which, which, which I do. I do. And I want to, and this is one of those situations, like, you know, we snicker, but at the same time, that has a place, and sometimes it does not have a place. But we have to know when it has a place and when it doesn't have a place. Because we don't want to call to-do lists evil, and we don't want to call them awesome all the time. Another situation of that. And it's and the importance, and I think why one of the reasons that it's good that we addressed the self-knowledge early on in the season is because that's the fundamental. Once you gain the self-knowledge, you can realize when you're getting when you're defeating yourself by doing too much of something. When you're defeating yourself by being on Instagram may be good to a certain point, and different people may have different markers for when it turns bad. Some people may be have have a positive state, a positive reaction from using it more, and some may have it from using it less. But the self awareness piece is important so that you can dictate what that is, what that boundary is for you. I think that's super important. I'm really glad that we did the knowing oneself episode early on in the season, and the pressure points, and all of those sorts of episodes before we got into the. I guess the more denser topics and the more con- the more context specific topics because this is your journey to figure out what it is for you and absorb it in the way that you feel you need to now that you have that awareness or you're working on it. Corbin, I uh, I always learn a lot when I I've been working on my listening skills and sometimes I get caught up in the next thought but you do bring a tremendous amount of valuable insight, especially with connecting back to previous episodes, because I think you're right with more specific concepts now that we're discussing. The previous episodes have been more broad and have, I don't even know what to say, just to say simply that the the value you're adding with what you're saying, yeah, it's great. It's great. I don't. I can't. And I want to. And I want to show you. I'm a big. My brain works like this in a lot of ways. I take concepts, and I see the interconnectedness in all of them. 
I'm, I'm very good conceptually. So I can take the concept of meditation and connect it to my relationship with chance. And I can show you a through line. And I think that's important because we're here in the world, we're here in the universe, we're here as people all doing this thing together. And we need to realize that all these topics are connected. Even though accounting and trees may not seem connected, it is by nature connected. Their molecules move, it's physically connected. Molecules moving through air. There's everything. It is all connected. And I think it's important for our understanding and our grasping and our ability to live more like we want to in the world based off of the idea that all everything's connected. And in the context of the season, meditation, even on a, a micro level like we're talking now, meditation and knowing yourself and doing exercises to get to know yourself, how that connects and how that, now that you've listened to that, maybe you haven't, but if you have listened to them in order, how that may affect the way you absorb this content and the importance of setting that firm foundation in the central part of your being and your soul, and then everything else, you can filter and let it flow through that. And that's really cool because we're all different, and we're all going to have different interpretations of ourselves. So I think that's super neat. So, Chance, do you have anything else to say? On Is there anything valuable that you want the viewers to get out of this episode that you have not said yet? Anything um, burning on your mind. Just to reiterate the amount of peace that you can have when you disconnect from your phone. Just try it. They, and I, if you don't mind, can I can I go into a challenge? And if you want to add another one, that's more than... Yes, pl- please do, man. Please do. My challenge is to find an activity or an event to go to with a decent amount of duration, such as an hour or more, where you completely leave your phone... Not anywhere near you. If that's uh, including maybe if it's an Apple Watch, take that off as well. And you know, obviously, maybe give those if you text people a lot. If it's you know your family, friends, shoot them a text. Say, hey, next hour, I won't have my phone. If it's a run for me, it's normally a run. Try, I'm trying to take my phone less on my run. Just try it out. See how you feel. You know, at first it might be a little weird, if, especially if you're used to your phone all the time. Now, if you're a doctor or something and that's part of your pager, understandably, don't leave your phone. Not suggesting that. But if you have the ability to leave your phone, try it out. I think I think your experience will be enlightening. Yeah. And also, I think it'll be interesting and enlightening for you guys to see whether even though you don't have your phone with you whether your mind's actually with your phone whether you're actually with your phone you know even though it may not physically be there you're thinking about hey you may have the tendency because you're so used to it to go oh i hope nobody's texting me right now i hope even though you even though you've already sent the text and all the stuff to all everybody that would talk to you saying hey i'm not going to be on my phone see whether you that impulse is still there saying, oh, I got to get to my text messages. Something, some illogical thing that could be happening could be going on. Even though I already told everybody I wasn't on my phone. So I think that's it. That can be an interesting, and don't intentionally reflect necessarily. Just do it, do it and have fun with what you're doing. Do something enjoyable and don't intentionally reflect. But I'd be interested to 
after the fact go, hmm, did my mind go there? You know, and 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 notice those sensations. So that's our challenge for you. I really hope that these things that we're providing value to you in some way. And we really do want to encourage you to engage with us and let us know whether you're getting anything out of this. Because we want to we want to make this for you guys. We want to make this benefit you guys. And we want and if there's anything we can do to remove the friction, because I understand that there may be some friction between you guys listening to the episode and actually pulling up an activity or going to our Facebook page or doing anything like that. So, and even though you'd have to get over that friction to let us know about the friction, I'd love to to hear from you because this really does mean a lot to Chance and I and we want to the word value. We want to provide that to you and we want to know how we can best serve you. And that's that's part of our value is seeing that it's impacting y'all so you know in the fact in the case that we are not providing that impact that we're hoping we are that's where we want to hear back too so that we could possibly make changes to the discussions that we have to what we focus on so it's more you centric yes and the thing about my values are if it's you guys centric and as long as i'm taking care of myself of course that is it for me. That's the sensation I want. The thing I want, and this is getting a little deep right here at the end of the episode, whenever, I, whenever I'm dying, I want to know that this place got a little bit better because I was here. And whether that's a big way or a small way, and in order to get that call, we need communication because otherwise we'll never know, and I'll never know, one, whether I'm actually doing anything in order to, for you guys to help hand me my balloon. If you guys catch the Easter egg on that, you guys are true fans. Not that the others aren't, but, you know, in order to help facilitate and hand me that balloon in the hallway, if you guys would communicate with us, we would greatly appreciate that. And on that note, we're going to let you guys go. Well, Corbin, sorry, you, you kicked me. Do you know the the very wealthy person that passed away that had that experience? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I might attach that in the notes. It relates to what Corbin was saying because that, that's that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. But it's, uh, it's in direct correlation to that. But it's the opposing side where he didn't build enough relationships and looked back at his life but anyways yeah yeah thank y'all so much for tuning in uh we truly enjoyed doing this hopefully you enjoy listening um we hope you have a wonderful week and uh we will see you guys next week if you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love you can do so by subscribing downloading and telling your friends and family about us especially if you feel that they could benefit as well also If you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates Program. 
an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising revenue by advertising and linking to Amazon.com. Both are show notes, and if you'd like to access our show notes, click the down arrow below our graphic or the details button if you're listening on Apple Podcast. And our Facebook page, the link to which you can find in our show notes, may also include affiliate links to Amazon and its affiliate sites. We want to make you aware that the Peace and Purpose podcast will make a referral commission at no cost to you if you choose to use our link to make your purchase. Using our links is a good way to show your support for our show if you have the means and feel so called. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose podcast. See you next week.